Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Real Good Show, episode number 52. Uh, that would mean that we have done a year's worth of these things. If we did one every single week, we didn't. It's been a little bit more than a year. Regardless, we came close. We talked about this last week, too. It's another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. Justin Morissette with you, as always. And with me is... John Cullen. No, Stefan Hack. John <laughs> Cullen is not here. John Cullen is... Dead. He... Well, dead to us, maybe. He's No, he died. <laughs> How? I didn't hear this. What? Am I just breaking the news to you right now? Yeah. On the podcast? Yeah. Um, he... What's the thing where you uh, jack off and choke yourself? Uh, autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah. Well, he got hit by a bus. I just wanted to know what that was. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> John is actually very much alive and well. He's just on tour at the moment, uh, and we we thought about having him call in because he usually calls in. He's never technically not been on an episode because even when he's gone, he still joins us via Skype for maybe ten minutes tops. Uh, but he has no interest in being on this episode, apparently. We did extend the invitation. If you would like to hear John's thoughts on everything that's going on in the world of sports, you can catch him on the Sportsfeld podcast this week. I was hanging out with uh, Zoobs and Jake, and that was a very in- enjoyable podcast. Uh, so that's where you can hear John, and Stefan and I will just run a, a skeleton crew this time yeah. around. But he was on a full-on like Toronto podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he said it was where nice. he belongs. It was nice to feel appreciated on a podcast for once, which I thought was a bit much. Like, I mean, we give him a hard time sometimes, but uh, I think I think he's well liked around here. I hope he knows that. Apparently, he doesn't. Is that you like him? <laughs> No, I just feel stuck with him because he's in the photo now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's in the Is he in the middle? No, you're in the middle. Yeah. I mean, you could put someone else's head on there. <laughs> or just crop him out. Yeah, well, he's on the side. If he yeah. was in the middle, it'd be way harder to crop out. Yeah, I mean, you and I would just be much larger, though, in that tightened crop. Oh, that's I true. Guess. Yeah. I mean, that's not the best picture of me. So, <laughs> You know who loves that picture is... Uh, Jesse Farrar. Yeah. He'll just like DM it to me <laughs> randomly. Just and, zoom just, in like, of your face. Yeah, every couple of weeks. Just the picture of my face there. Well, so. we can't take a new photo, obviously. That's why John is still around. Yeah. 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 So, uh... <laughs> Uh, no, we miss him. It's not going to be the same without him around, but uh, if you hate him, then I guess this is the episode for you, and I know some collegiate listeners definitely do. So. If you hate me and Justin, uh, <laughs> you probably aren't even listening anymore, so. <laughs> even be here. Well, maybe they the really place. like John. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it outweighs the hatred for us. Or just liked your Twitter jokes so much that they were like, I got to see what this guy's going to talk about. It'll be great. And it was, it's not. It was hockey. Yeah. There's some, there's some people like that, I think. Oh, yeah. there's lots of people like yeah. that. I know for a fact. You would probably know better because you probably hear from them more than I would. Well, but, uh, I mean, I uh, you know what's great? Do people ever say mean things to you about the podcast? I haven't gotten anything. Like It's like I think they're joking. Okay. They're like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> 
I hate you. I'm going to hunt you down and murder you. And it's like, you know, they're just having a laugh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the internet. You know, you joke around on the internet. Uh, yeah. Doing irony and all that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I have like a burning hatred of a thousand sons for everything you've ever done. If you ever have children, I'm going to be there when they're born and I'm going to throw the baby like a football at the wall. <laughs> and it's because of the podcast. And well, it's like, I get it. Like, that's a funny joke. Sports related, if he's going to throw it like a football, right? Like... He meant like a soccer ball. Oh. But he meant... So but he's he, European. It's not like the baby's not going to... It's not a tight spiral. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's an overhand, like above his head, double-handed Yeah, throw. it's like a throw-in. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. And they, so, yeah. And he he had like a picture of like my birth certificate. He was DMing me. This is like just one guy. Just one guy. Yeah, and he, he knows where I live. But it's like, we're joking around online. Does he have a high-powered rifle? Uh, he's been sending me pictures of just like bullets. Okay. So, I mean, I, that could mean anything, right? <laughs> it might be a very small one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wait, that's not, who, well, who cares? <laughs> Doesn't, I guess, yeah, it's not the size of it. It's what you shoot with it. Yeah. It's the motion of the ocean. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think it's all just, it's like a fun, uh, online, like kind of inside joke me and this guy have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where he, he DMs me, um, like Google Street Views. Well, speaking of, of my apartment and speaking of people on Twitter that uh, like might be engaged in beef with you, we were talking yesterday, and I thought I would bring it up on the show. Oh yeah, there's someone <laughs> out there who has like just totally jacked your stees as far as Twitter handles go. Yeah, except like to taking it from being self-deprecating to being like I'm awesome, which sort of evades the purpose of the name boring as heck. We're talking, of course, about at cool underscore as underscore heck. Yeah. I think Which having those underscores in there, it's like, fuck off, It's man. the underscores that, like, those are my underscores. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And he's one of those, like, 22-year-old guys who, like, jokes about B-movie. I don't know. If, if you know what exactly what I'm talking about, uh, you hate that type of guy where it's, like, the joke is he just says, like, B-movie. Yeah. I guess it's, like, it's kind of like the next, like, Shrek joke. Okay. And, like, the Shrek jokes aren't really funny yeah, anymore yeah the b-movie jokes are definitely aren't funny seinfeld 2000 can do some interesting things with b-movie but that's kind of but like then everyone's like jacking that like you yeah, know what i mean yeah. anyway uh this guy is like not very funny so is there anything original about him whatsoever well he's copying me by yeah. not being funny right so <laughs> that's my whole uh bit yeah uh, and the whole as heck thing like yeah. that's that's me yeah right the underscores as heck, like, oh, that's on. a registered trademark. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all patented and everything. Is this guy, like, an up-and-coming Vine star or what? Like, I would assume that's the kind of person we're dealing with here. Mm, no. he has, like, 23,000 followers, though. Yeah, that's not very many. Come on, in the grand scheme of things. I guess so. We're talking about, uh, you're, t- you're talking with the big boys here, Justin. Yeah, he could crush me with his thumb, but <laughs> sure, not very many. Hey, 67-something. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty impressive. And both rapidly growing and shrinking all the time. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, people have like sent me stuff being like, this guy like copied your name. Yeah. And the whole uh, aesthetic. I don't I don't have an aesthetic. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But uh, I'm just having as heck in the name <laughs> and like making jokes online. Like people can do that. He's not very funny. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not taking my shirt off right now. It's not anything. like he's funny as heck. No. He didn't go that far. But that would be, I think, that would be, like, ironic. Yeah. You could do it like that. That would work a bit better. Cool as heck. 
Like, eh, come on, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not cool at all. Just sounds arrogant. Yeah. I'm not cool. Yeah. You know? And now he's making people think I'm cool, I assume. (laughs) Yeah, like... I'm not. Like, it might be, like, your side account where you just brag about how awesome you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's not. Just Uh, clearing the air on that. Just want to get that out there. (laughs) Um... No, I don't know. People can do whatever they want on Twitter. I guess, uh, you know, death threats and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we get death threats um, writing, like, just putting jokes up on, like, Cafe, right? Because I'm doing that now. Yes, like, you are. Uh, I, I'm their content a, guy. A content creator the for content, Cafe. A, a meme com. junkie. Yes. Uh, and people will send us messages being like, hey, you know my favorite type of liberal is? A cold one. Which I guess means I he shot me and I'm cold and dead in the ground. Yeah. Or maybe it's it's just like the winter. Yeah. Well, you know, that's on you for not taking Hillary Clinton's emails more seriously. It's well, very grave life and death stuff. And like we're men died in Benghazi. Yeah. Stephen. I well, good men did they died in Benghazi? Did Benghazi even happen? I don't know. What? Where is it? <laughs> what is what is Benghazi? Is it in Libya? I think it's in Libya. Is uh, it? <laughs> did it? Is it like a person? Ben Gazi? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I'm I really have no idea. All I know is that uh they made a movie out of it with Jim from the office. No, it's in I know it's in Libya. Like okay. I I know all about that uh the whole Benghazi thing and it happened, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh and that's what we're talking about on this episode. Just uh did Benghazi happen? Yes, it did. <laughs> episode over. Oh, was that your phone? Yeah, Siri thought I was looking up Jim from The Office. We'll look up uh, look up understand. Benghazi. Just just go okay. Put Siri on and just say Benghazi to Siri and see what happens. Benghazi. I'm not sure I understand. Benghazi. I'm not sure I understand. Maybe uh, maybe say it louder. <laughs> Siri, what happened in Benghazi? Here is what I found. What did, she, what did she show it's you? It's the Wikipedia article on Benghazi. Oh, well, we could have looked that up ourselves. And it's the second largest city in Libya. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, okay. thank you, Siri. Yeah. It doesn't really help. No. Like, at all. Yeah, well. But, okay. Uh, there's, we're done the episode. <laughs> I suppose so. All right. It's not like anything has happened in the world of sports since we last spoke. But I guess we have some uh, business things to attend to before we get into that. We do. And that is uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there's some ways that people can help the show if they enjoy it and yeah. want to support it. And tell us what Benghazi is. You could do that. Yeah. Siri, Siri certainly couldn't. No. Oh. Um, but uh, you could just tell people that you know who might enjoy the show, that you think might enjoy the show, that you enjoy the show and think they should listen to it. I feel like we don't tell people they can do that often enough, and they don't think that they can. Like they t- what, t- tell other people about the show? Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, I know. Maybe don't tell them about this one. <laughs> it's been it's been a good one so far. We're flying through it. Yeah. It's, it's been like an hour, right? Well, we've got a great guest coming up in a little bit. We do. So there's, there's reasons to stick around through this interminable bullshit yeah. that yeah, we're Yeah, I mean, you can, right you can fast forward to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it'll be about uh, 40 minutes in, 30 <laughs> minutes in. Um, you can, the, there's like a little 15-second skip-ahead thing. Yeah, you so can do just that. punch that probably 1,600 times. Yeah, and you're, you're good to go because we're going to be talking about uh, Benghazi for another like three hours here. The email server. I got a lot of questions, and I wish you would take it more seriously, and I'm going to kill you because you don't. <laughs> 
is is basically what you're treated to on a daily basis now. But this is the it's really fun. It's a fun job. Yeah. yeah. Just getting. I mean, I was doing that for free. Yeah. Right. Basically. Yeah. I I was saying earlier before we started recording, like you have found a profession that is like the only other thing I can think of is like being a pro wrestling heel, like being. Seth Rollins or whoever the villain of the day is. Yeah. Like somebody who is paid to purposefully antagonize as many people as possible. I would say also um, like sports radio hosts. Yeah. Like a, like a Skip Bayless or yeah, something. Yeah, I guess you're trying to like make people incensed also. Yeah, because we'll just post things that are like obviously wrong on purpose mm-hmm. and uh, people get really mad yeah. and comment in hilarious ways and it's great. But like... I don't see Skip Bayless, like, relishing and, like, taking delight in the amount of outrage he creates. Oh, he does. He probably does. He does, for sure. But he doesn't let on. You can't, like, see it in his face when he's doing it or whatever. Like, uh, I, I know that you are. I know that you are oh, taking I love it. tremendous it's, joy It's in wonderful. It. Yeah, yeah, you've got a huge smile on your face yeah. right now. <laughs> and probably every time you sit down to open Photoshop also. Yeah, because I can just, like, Photoshop anything I want, basically. <laughs> I did one today where it was like Alex Trebek with a bunch of like question marks around him. And yeah. it's, it's like uh, Cafe's question of the day. How come they give away the answers on Jeopardy? What's up with that? <laughs> like, the, the, you know, it's like the con- that's, that's yeah, how that's the game the works. That's like a concept of the game. Of yes, the game. I'm the, aware. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like a stupid person will be like, you fucking idiot. They'll jump on it and be like, I want, I, this is my opportunity to be smart. Yeah. And they're like, no, nope, tricked you. Got You're it. even stupider. Yeah. It's great. Well, if you haven't liked Cafe.com on Facebook, I would encourage you to do so. Just for the comments alone. Yeah. Not just to support Stefan, but for the comments. And I guess that's a way that someone could help you is by by increasing the audience reach of Cafe.com. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Tom Hanna has been commenting on a lot of them. He's been I, getting into fights. You have, I've too. Had a, I've had a good time doing that also. You made fun of someone's, like, two-year-old kid? <laughs> yeah, because they said that they could write better jokes than you. And I was like, your two-year-old son. I mean, the two-year-old probably could write some pretty solid jokes. Could make some solid jokes in his diaper, probably. (laughs) That wasn't a really that solid of a joke, but uh, we can move on from there. It was a poop joke. I might just delete that. That was okay. I mean, well, uh, But we've established (laughs) that people can tell other people about the show, and it's glad. I'm glad that we have finally established that. Because people just don't know. But there's other ways that people can help also. Oh, yeah, this is, we're doing a thing here. Yes, right. they can okay. head online, of course, uh, and head over to the iTunes store. You don't even need to be uh, on your computer. You can do it from the app on your phone. Just rate and review the program but on iTunes. Justin, a phone is uh, basically a computer. <laughs> true. So that is true. Just yeah, uh, if, wanted to point that yeah, out. Yeah, if I say head online. You've seen these things that nowadays? Could be Have, a phone also. You've seen phones nowadays? I've seen a few of them. You can touch the screen. Yeah. Swiping. Well, you can touch the screen. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Steve yeah. Jobs. Mm-hmm. We have him to thank. He is it Jobs it or is it Jobs or Jobs? He did it all by hand, personally himself. It's Jobs, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Neither do I. Well, it's in, you know, I've only read it in print. I've never heard. Yeah, I don't think I've ever it. heard. Well, he's dead. So. <laughs> then I never will. He's not like a Pokemon where you just can only say his name. <laughs> He's a successful businessman. And now people are catching Pokemon via a mobile app on his invention. It's true. It's not available in Canada yet. <laughs> no, Nothing it's not, is. No, it's not at all. 
I'd like to try it. <laughs> but if you want to head onto the iTunes store and leave us a review, we like to take a peek at those every week in a segment that we call Review Review. I should have had this queued up. <laughs> <laughs> Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Five stars. This is awesome. The worst episode ever. This week's review comes to us from the American iTunes store. It's written by Faraz Sucks. And I feel like he's being a little bit hard on himself, but it's better than if he was like, Faraz is cool as fuck. Well, what if it's... He, he, he might not be Faraz. Yeah. He might just hate someone named Faraz. That's true. Yeah. But I think he's also coming up in the mailbag a little bit later too, so he probably is Faraz. But that could be a different. That could be the Faraz, and this is just someone who hates Faraz, <laughs> but also loves a real good show. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the title of his review is honestly the Harambe episode was the best one, and he writes, "Real good show is like a podcast equivalent of Blink One Eighty Two, but if Blink One Eighty Two was good, five stars." I mean, I don't know how to take that. Yeah, because we're not uh, how we're not really like Blink One Eighty Two. Well, yeah. there's three of us. Yeah, um, John uh, almost really... died in a fiery plane crash. <laughs> we don't really take ourselves seriously. Yeah, um, I get my dick out like all yeah. the time. John's like a drummer. Yeah, he's a, he's appeared in all other kinds of podcasts. He's, he's also like just a, like a Travis drummer Parker. of comedy. He yeah. drums up uh, laughs. But I think he is actually a drummer. Also, is he actually? Yeah, like he played drums in some bands. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But he's appearing in all these side projects. It's true. So angels and airwaves. Yeah, yeah. And he's got some shitty tattoos all over his chest. <laughs> I'm gonna have those soon. Hopefully within a year. I'm going to get yeah. the Benning tattoo. Yeah, so. now, oh, yeah. Now that you've got that cafe.com money, you can buy all those tattoos you've always Oh, yeah. Wanted. Now it'll be like a nice Jim Benning tattoo. <laughs> it'll be so much better. It'll be bigger. It'll have his face on it. Actually, it will. It'll have the... Um, if you know Jim Benning, you know the Jim Benning face where he's looking at his phone. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be that. Yes. Which is fantastic. Yeah. And... Uh, but that's a, that's a great review. Yeah, I like that. Is. And I agree with the Harambe episode. The Harambe episode was uh, was wonderful. That if we're putting out a best of, it's just that episode on its own. Or like twice in a row. Yeah. Just played, like you speed it up and then you just play <laughs> two of them back to back. That's the way to do it. Well, if anybody has any recommendations for what should be included on the Real Good Show best of episode... Because we're going to do one at some point in the summer when we're all like away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please write in and let us know. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, there's other ways that folks can help the show. They can contribute financially. Can they? Yeah, help us pay the bills, of course, uh, by heading online and going over to patreon.com slash realgoodshow. There are some incentive rewards for that, and we will be sending out t-shirts sh- uh, before too long here. I promise we've we said will. that on like every I know, episode. We've said that for a long time, but we we're, we're making progress. It's not on a bit. That. It's not. We actually. Yeah, we have a design. We, the design has been decided. It's been great, and uh, we just sh- need to. Yeah, it'll. It's happening. It's I happening. finally gave Sam her uh, the Barcelona jersey yes. that she won. So, but I if like that can think, happen. Then I like to think that the real product, the real incentive that we're giving to people to support the show is the show itself, which you don't have to pay for. But maybe you should. If you look deep down into your is this, heart... Is this you selling, donating to the show? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Why am I doing a bad job of it? Well, like if I was going to give money to the show, um, I, I wouldn't. Because <laughs> you don't get anything extra? Well, it would, just well come, it would come back to me. No, it would be split with you guys. I'd yeah, be losing yeah. money. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. 
But if you were a random person who was not yourself, if you were cool as heck as opposed to boring as heck. I would change my Twitter name, first of all. <laughs> That's some bullshit. But then would you contribute? Uh, Think about it. Probably not. All right. We just shit on them for like 10 I, minutes. I guess so. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and also a lot of people contributed to um, the GoFundMe for um, Monty's surgery. That's My true. cat had a very expensive surgery to repair its broken leg. And we want to uh, thank everybody who contributed to that. Uh, you can still do that, of course, if you like. Um, and yeah, we actually had some good news on that front because Monty had his x-rays two months after surgery yesterday. And his leg is officially healed. That's excellent. So he well, he, although he can't climb on... No. Yeah. The, the climbing tower's been put away for the time being. Right. How long until he can do that? A again? month. Okay. Well, yeah. it's not too bad. Because he's at a risk of refracturing at the moment for the next 30 days. But he didn't break his uh, leg on the climbing tower. No. Uh, a lot of people contributed uh, not insignificant sums of money, and I will list all of their names on a future episode. I just don't have it in front of me right now. Next week, I will thank these people by name. Uh, because... Your dad is among them who made a huge contribution, and uh, That's true. Paul, I will thank you right now. Yep, that was that was huge. Well, my, my mom too. Like there yeah. was like a. I guess know. it was a joint. Yes, yeah. they share yeah. finances, and that is a, <laughs> that's appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be sincere, um, but you make it difficult. Because uh, I'm smiling. <laughs> I guess so. Why? I don't know. I'm being sincere. I'm, I'm very appreciative. Yeah, no, I mean, I too. hope that comes across. I feel like it doesn't when I no, burst out laughing afterwards. He's, no, he is. I, I'm making him laugh. <laughs> this is my bad. I'm eating an orange. I guess that's like the funniest so thing. So funny. Uh, but yeah, that's how folks can help the show. And now that that's out of the way, we can actually do the show. What, what have we been doing for the past hour? <laughs> I don't know. But. Uh, People were reacting to our last episode, of course, where we freaked out about uh, Jim Benning's tampering charges and everything that went on uh, at the NHL draft. That was last episode, of course. Uh, but it seemed quaint to listen to those complaints because the very next day after we recorded that episode, shit went down in the National Hockey League, particularly uh, involving the Canadian teams. They all got worse. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Except, I mean, the Canucks didn't. Yeah. Which is, it's fantastic. Well, they, they maybe got better on July 1st, but in a way that might not be beneficial to them. Honestly, like the, the Subban trade, I don't, I don't hate Montreal. It's more of the Edmund, oh my God, the Taylor Hall trade. Yes. Just made me so happy. Just abysmal. Like I, I'm completely serious when I say that's the happiest I've been as a Canucks fan in the past five years. To see Edmonton just suffer. Su they need, they deserve to suffer yeah. forever. Yeah. Like, there's no question. And that is the most spoiled-ass fan base because they want the best of both worlds. They want to be the super successful 1980s Oilers. They want us to remember that. They'll bring that up whenever they can. And then they're like, oh, but we've had it so hard the past, like, 10 years, too. Like, it's so tough being an Oilers fan. But we were also so good back then. It's No, it's one or the other, motherfucker. If you're going to complain about sucking, then you can't complain. You can't brag about being good. Yeah. It's one Not or the other. Not just being good, the best. Yeah. Because that's just unfair. Because as a Canucks fan, all I have is being allowed to complain about my team. Yeah. And when I hear an Oilers fan be like, oh, it's so hard. You have <laughs> fucking full-color photos of your, of your team holding the Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, but most of the complainers probably weren't alive for that. I don't give a shit. They get to look at photos. I, like I said before, I'd give up at least 10 years, no playoffs, for the Canucks to have won a Stanley Cup in the 80s. Before you were born. Yes. Yeah. Just I, to have something to fall back on. Yeah. Just if as, you, a def- if you've, as a defense in an argument As like a Canucks this. fan or, or a fan of any team that's never won a, a cup or any championship in any sport, whenever you get into an argument with a fan of another team that has won something, even if it was like 40 years ago, they always have that trump card. Yeah. Oh, we won. You've never won anything. And Oilers fans are the worst, you know? So it's like you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you suck now because you fucking deserve it. You live in Edmonton because you deserve it. Yeah. You know? And Edmonton it, is a shithole, by the way. It's like, it's like the, um, you know, when, I mean, I've, we've done this on the show before where I will accidentally refer to the Vancouver Canucks as like we or us mm-hmm. or are like possessive. But then for fans to like claim ownership of a championship victory from 30 years ago, yeah, you had nothing to do with that, even if the team did do it. No, exactly. But it's, it's like bragging about your grandpa winning the lottery <laughs> in like the 60s, right? All the money is gone. Yeah, he blew it all away. <laughs> yeah, and you're just bragging about something that, that happened before you were born. Exactly. Go ahead, you can do that, but you can't complain about your team sucking now. <laughs> it's it's literally it's one or the other because yeah. I I'm gonna repeat myself here. Oilers fans want to be they want to complain so long suffering. They, they're like we have it the worst. It's so hard being an Oilers. They want to complain about how they can only afford to eat ramen and baked beans, but they also want to brag about how they won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's stupid. Oilers fans are the worst. And uh, the Taylor Hall trade sucked. Well, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of the argument uh, like against, say, the Canucks drafting Ollie Levy because they need a defenseman is like, well, just draft the best player available, and when you need a defenseman, you'll have the assets to make that move to acquire one. And that has basically been the philosophy that the Oilers have lived by for the last however long yeah. that they've just been picking. Well, five years from now, we can trade uh, forward we can after, trade forward Ulevi after for uh, Pugliarvi. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it was, that was the master plan all along. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have said like the, the cost of defensemen and acquiring them right now is exorbitant, and obviously the Goodbranson trade kind of showed that also. Uh, but there's a difference between paying that price and shipping out Taylor Hall, who is like legitimately one of the best scoring wingers in the entire National Hockey League. Can I just say as well that um, a lot of people are like, well, I don't, the Good Branson trade looks a lot better now, doesn't it? It's like, well, yeah, it's still a pile of shit. Yeah, just because like, there's a dumber GM doesn't mean this one's not also stupid. Well, uh, my house burnt down, but uh, that guy's five houses burnt down. <laughs> so, uh, like, it's, it's no, it's still a bad trade. Yeah. Uh, and then P.K. Subban, of course. Which, oh my god. Like, they chose um, their coach. Yeah. They chose, and their coach sucks. Like, he's a bad coach. Yeah, Michelle Therrien, of course, having some uh, some issues with P.K. He speaks French, though. So yes. there is that. Oh, and that's the hardest thing to find. Yeah. Is a person who speaks French. Apparently. Oh my goodness. Fuck. Like, and, but. And Shea Weber is not, I mean, he's. Good. Yeah. But he's not. But he's not what he was six years ago. No, he's like, what, is he 30? People are acting like they're acquiring, like, the 2010 Shea Weber. Yeah. In his prime Shea Weber. They're not. Yeah. He signed until he's, what, 41? Basically, yes. Yeah. Because he had that crazy offer sheet contract. Yeah, like a 14 year contract. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, He's, I mean, Roman Roman Yossi's better than Shea Weber. Yeah. And now he's going to be playing with PK's, like, that power play? 
And did you? Nashville is my second favorite team. They're my bandwagon team for sure. Did you watch the like PK goodbye video that oh, he yeah. posted? Yeah. It made me so sad, like so upset. I feel bad for Canadians fans because most of them loved PK. That's yeah. what I don't get. Most of the fans were just totally outraged because he like was very sincere in his like sadness to be leaving. But as soon as he like made the switch, like midway through the video, from being like sad to leave Montreal to like excited to be going to Nashville and being like, all my new fans in Nashville. Didn't he have like a cowboy he hat? He was wearing on? a cowboy hat. He didn't even get he the was, cowboy like, hat. He like pointed up to the sky about like how excited he was. It just was. It feels like we are losing something as a country. You know? Oh like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna try and watch as many Nashville games. They're going to be, like, the most exciting team in the West next year. And I, I just feel like Subban's importance as, like, a cultural figure in the game of hockey is diminished by having him play in a smaller market like that. Like, I'm not trying to say that Nashville fans don't deserve to cheer for that player and that they don't deserve a successful team or whatever – He's just such an important figure. Well, we're just not going to get to see him every Saturday. Within the larger cultural landscape of yeah. the game, that he's like wasted being there. And we are missing out on an enormous personality. One of the like, what? A, I, I a player who should be like the face of the game yeah. in some ways. I wouldn't say he's wasted there because he's going to do so many good things for the game down there. Yeah. And Nashville's just going to get bigger and better as a, as a, they have a really good fan base already. And maybe uh, that's a market that will like feed into like the the persona I that think he they pushes, absolutely will that like, that will make him bigger than he oh, already they 100% is. one hundred percent will. Maybe he becomes a face of the game down there, like he should have been for I the think, last. Five I think he years. will, and uh, I think it's going to be great. But you know, we we also are not just seeing uh, you know Canadians fans being sad, and like you said, like he was well liked by the majority of people in Montreal. But there's also people who are saying things about this trade that are, like, almost less coded than, like, Donald Trump tweets. Yeah. Like, you know, f- finally we have a real team again for the first time in, like, almost seven years or whatever. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, you didn't have a real team before? So I read somewhere that Pacioretty wanted him out, too. Uh, <laughs> and if John was here, I'm sure he'd have something to say about that, because he... Hates Pacioretty. No, I was going to say, he loves Max Pacioretty. He's not here, but we can say whatever we want about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. John is, like, the world's biggest Max Pacioretty fan. Yeah. Uh, if someone wants to send him just, like, photos of Max Pacioretty on Twitter, um, just mail him, like, a Max Pacioretty, like, jersey, or go like for it. A photo with like embroidered border of like Max Photoshop, yeah, like embracing each other. Yeah, that shirtless. I'm sure he'd love to hang that on yeah. the fridge in his home. 100, percent right up on the mantle there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So please do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, I, there's there's obviously a lot of uh, of racialized tension within discussing. Even never mind this trade, but like who PK Subban is and what he means to the game. Yeah, uh, and I think that's probably the best segue we could possibly have right now. Yep, I mean you're good at segues. Into, this is a good one. Into today's guest, uh, who is somebody that we've wanted to have on the show for a very, very long time, and we are pleased to have him join us right now. Stefan, our guest today is a writer of some repute. You can find his work uh, not just on Deadspin, but also in the New York Times right now, as well as the New York Times Magazine. He is a recipient of the David Carr Fellowship, 
uh, with the New York Times, and we are thrilled to have Greg Howard join us on Real Good Show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, a pleasure. Our pleasure, I assure you. Uh, Greg, this was a big week for the NBA, of course, free agency opening and uh, uh, all kinds of things happening there. Uh, Kevin Durant being the big one, of course, uh, heading to Golden State to make that super team uh, even more super, I suppose. And uh, you were a man who had some feelings about that. Uh, the takes I have, did. have been hot. I, I... But, uh, you, you know, you're one of the people that I don't think was a particularly large fan of that move, if I'm not mistaken. No, I wasn't. Uh, it's it's because I'm a large fan of, of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am uh, comfortably, uh, you know, and admittedly and proudly a Russell Westbrook stan. Uh, um, <laughs> and, I mean, my, my whole thing was, you know... Uh, or you know if they had one more better shooting night or uh you know or or clay thompson didn't go buck wild in game five i believe it was or something like that you know um or if they didn't choke at home (laughs) in game six uh they you know they would they would probably be nba maybe maybe lebron would have done his lebron thing against uh against anyone but uh it it just seemed like uh, bringing Victor Oladipo over. Um, I guess you know they didn't get Al Horton, but it, it I don't know. Uh, Stephen Adams is is the truth, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know they they had enough they, <laughs> they had enough you know pieces and uh, to at least be a really exciting team, and I think probably give Golden State um, another run for their money. Like the the problem was that. Uh, Golden State couldn't stop them from dunking on their faces, right? <laughs> like they were just too—they were like too big. They uh, and that's you know they are too big in every position. That's what gave them uh, all the problems. And uh, you know Kevin Durant's not going to get smaller. Russell Westbrook's not going to get smaller. I don't—I I don't see why you would want to leave unless um, you just really hate living in Oklahoma, uh, which, which is, is entirely which is possible. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean it's understandable. That's an understandable, you know, position to have. I, I have this very same position, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> well, well, as a fan of Russell Westbrook, though, you must be like excited to see what he's going to be able to do on his own because like, I'm terrified. <laughs> it seems like every single time that Durant got injured, Westbrook just went insane. Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, I'm, that, I think. I'm a little worried that this is going to be his uh, his his legacy in a way, right? Like, I mean, he's got it. He's going to have teams to himself. I don't. I mean, he he's a free. Agent I guess he's next not year, staying. Yeah, yeah. But where's he going? I mean, where's he even going to go then? I mean, I don't. I don't think the Lakers are going to be good anytime soon. I I wouldn't go to the Knicks uh, like with someone else's career. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I just. Um, they don't seem like I mean I don't know he's almost like so powerful of a force I don't know how many <laughs> franchises are out there that can contain this boy <laughs> I, don't, I can't really see him in that like you know I uh, I can't really see him in too many other places I guess maybe I mean maybe the Clippers right but uh, if I were the Lake I mean sorry maybe the Lakers but if I were the Lakers I'd probably try to put together a cute little package with D'Angelo Russell or something for him right now. You know, or, I mean, I guess whoever Oklahoma City wanted, um, he's going to be better than any of those guys are going to be, except maybe, 
what, Brandon Ingram? He's going to be better than him, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I don't see too many ways out for him, like, you know, where he can go and, uh, and go win on, win a title, I guess. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the complaints around Durant going to Golden State is that it really solidifies the NBA as like a two-team league, which it probably would have been anyways, but it seems like Durant is like yeah. the guy who could have like established a third team somewhere wherever he went. Because the Thunder basically were that already. Like you said, they were so close to uh, potentially yeah. you know, knocking off the Warriors and, and heading into the final and, and potentially beating LeBron after that, too. So, um, y- yeah, it's kind of weird because, like, I, I, the championship is what it's all about. And, uh, you know, Durant's probably going to win one of those now. But would it have been more interesting to see him do it with, like, a lesser supporting cast? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I guess I guess he's friends with Draymond Green or whatever. I guess he's friends with you know Steph Curry and 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 Iggy. Um, and it seemed like he and Russell Westbrook were friends off the court, but had a more fraught relationship on the court because um, Kevin Durant wanted to get out the way, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so you know, uh, um, I guess I see why he would go. I would I would rather hang out with. You know, uh, Dion Waiters and Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo more than absolutely everyone to a man on Golden State Warriors, and I feel like that's important too. <laughs> but uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not Kevin Durant, man. He's gotta, he's gotta, you know, walk with God, walk well, his path, I guess. You'd think if there was like not enough uh, touches to go around in Oklahoma, that that would be an even bigger problem in Golden State. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna be like. I mean, what 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 is the plan here? He's gonna run to the Harris uh, Harrison Barnes corner and shoot, you know, and just be a, like slightly more dam- dynamic. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think they need a Kevin Durant, but I guess a Kevin Durant like never has hurt anyone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if, yeah. If, he, if he's, uh, but also I could I could see him buying into the. Uh, this is my role, you know, um, more than because, you know, he doesn't have the whole team on his shoulder, the whole city on his shoulders anymore. And so, you know, with a little bit less pressure, um, and a little bit more success, I guess, you, you know, you could, it's, it's easy to, to move into a new role and, and you don't necessarily need the ball when you guys are going to be competing for a championship every year. Right. And the fact- I mean, obviously it's working. The fact that his second year on the contract is a player option, basically, like, he can just win one championship and then head back into unrestricted free agency and make even more money next year than he would have made this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to do LeBron, the LeBron thing where, you know, he signs the one-year contracts and then, you know, waits basically, he's basically setting up for this year, right? Um, and next year, where you can get into the, uh, you know, with the raise cap and everything like that. Um, and I, I, th- I think that's smart. I don't, I don't know why anyone would ever do anything different, uh, except that they're, <laughs> you know, they're not really, they're not really good players and they don't really have that kind of like leverage to, <laughs> to talk about what contract they're going to sign, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but outside of that, you know, but if you, if you have that ability, one-on-one seems like the the way to go for sure. Well, Greg, I wanted to get your thoughts on something because I saw this uh, and it's like the lamest thing I've ever read. This was during the Warriors presentation to Durant. 
Uh, I'll read this out to you. Uh-oh. Uh, so the Warriors gave Durant a VR headset to show him the iconic Golden Gate Bridge, a courtside view at Oracle Arena, and a look at Coach Steve Kerr talking to his players in the locker room so he could envision himself being there. The VR footage... Ew! Yeah, the VR no! footage was accompanied by Drake <laughs> and Future's Big Rings, the Warriors' theme song. Uh, is, is, what's your take on that? Because, I mean, it's horrible, obviously. I- I'm, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> like Durant Holy liked shit. that. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like if, 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 since it's just us talking here, uh, I think that the Warriors are, um, they have a dearth of, of cool people <laughs> in their organization. <laughs> I think they're really corny. I think they're, uh, you know, self-mythologizing in that way, all the way from the, you know, um, the Joe Lacob profile that my wonderful current publication, New York Times Magazine, published. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I guess they know Kevin Durant enough to know that he would be into that kind of stuff, right? You know, like in, into the VR aspect of it and stuff. I don't know. I, I have... Couldn't, I have couldn't, they have just, couldn't they have just taken him to the Golden Gate Bridge? Wouldn't that have been, like, better? Well, he yeah, did all but, of his I mean, meetings like, in, know, the, in the Hamptons, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's. I mean, but he's been to the Golden Gate Bridge before, man. He's a professional <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> he just played four games in Oakland. What are you? What are you even talking about here? Man? I don't know. Like, <laughs> he played four games in Oakland like, three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, you know, it it worked, right? So it works. Uh, I don't know. I I think that's really corny. I I um I have vague negative feelings regarding like gentrification and stuff that 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 <laughs> kind of hits that um I, I, I don't know uh what a what a what a bad organization <laughs> it's like, it's like they should have presented him with like a jar full of air from the presidio yeah right you yeah. just get to smell or, what the city smells like <laughs> yeah or just like give him a i don't know like a construction book of all these failed app ideas or something <laughs> i don't like they're just i don't know I, I i don't know but you know it's it's they're gonna win they're gonna win a lot i mean i i would be surprised if they lost 10 games next year right um i think kevin durant is vastly easier to slide into place alongside you know um curry and and uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond, um, and I guess wh- whoever they bring off the street, because uh, he he doesn't need the ball as much as you know as y- you would say a, a Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love trio, or a you know LeBron, Wayne Wade, Chris Bosh um, trio. So you know he's uh, he, he's got. I, I wish him the best. I wish Kevin Durant the best. I wish Golden State Warriors the best. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> It's funny that like the the Warriors are now like the heels of basketball basically when they you know yeah, well, made this move by getting rid of the guy on their team who was like explicitly a villain and like a sh- a piece of shit dude yeah. and Andrew Bogut like yeah I mean yeah Andrew Bogut and Andrew Bogut didn't apologize for it right um but but also you know, Draymond Green was going around kicking people in the penis. That's like true. He, he was doing that. He was doing that all all the goddamn time. <laughs> and that kind of and like that's really cool, you know, though. I, I think. Thought, I I don't think there's no. I think he's I, I think he's somehow the least like the he's he's so whack. I don't know. Like 
oh, I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like, Draymond, I don't know, kicking people in the penis, and, and just, like, the smugness of the fans and, and uh, the self-satisfaction of it, like, how... Uh, there's this stench of, you know, I did this. I was in part because of this. Um, and I guess that's that's the same self-satisfaction I feel when Russell Westbrook dunks on people's lives and stuff like that. I'm like, I was somehow a part of that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's a lot of their, you look at their fans and you look at the stadium, like the ticket prices and you look at just like, just how uh, completely white, like the, the fans are within the actual stadium, you know? Um, Which for Oakland is crazy, right? Yeah, because you contrast that to the actual Oakland fan base. I don't know if there's a more um, international and diverse uh, and diehard fan base. I mean, maybe the the Knicks, right? Because the Knicks also always suck and are, um, you know, in a huge metropolis. But besides that, I mean, who really has a, a fan base as vibrant and as rich as um, as the Warriors, and you know you don't really get to see any of them there because of uh, all the people making the next tender and stuff that go get to go to the game. <laughs> which you know, which we need, by the way, we need. You yeah. always use more dating apps. Oh yeah, the next tender <laughs> is vital, yeah. and those tickets are a reward for you know future contributions to society. Yeah, exactly. Via yeah. via online swiping. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, th- this is, uh, you turn that a little bit into a racial conversation. You wrote a, a very uh, interesting piece about race in the New York Times a few weeks ago uh, around O.J. Simpson and the documentary that ESPN was airing on him uh, on the time, Made in America. Um, <laughs> can you just talk a little bit about uh, about basically the, the crux of that piece? Because, you know, it's... It, just, just, just seems to get even more relevant as we uh, see more and more incidents taking place, um, and you know it's it's crazy to think that by the time uh, this comes out, no one might even know what incident I might be referring to. You know, like uh, right, <laughs> the the country just becomes more and more tense, and um, it's just kind of fascinating to see those tensions play out in in a sports world, also. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I wrote about the the fallacy. Um, of the idea of racial transcendence and, um, you know, if a, if a minority proves himself or herself, um, to be, to have enough talent, I guess. And also, uh, to not be too quote unquote, uh, radical or, or too black, then, um, he or she basically becomes an honorary white person, right? Which means that they've, They've uh, transcended to the next, I guess, the next level of dopeness in terms of like, humanity, you know, and uh, you know, and they become sort of a a, a white pet, really, right? And um, you know, but you have to be, you have to be unthreatening, like Beyonce. Everyone said that she transcended race until um, she came out for Black Lives Matter and came out Super Bowl with you know, uh, with women with berets on and stuff like that. And then, you know, suddenly um, she's not this wonderful universal figure. Um, you know, and and uh, sometimes you're complicit the way that O.J. Simpson was and that he uh, very meticulously built this world around him in which 
race, uh, quote-unquote, didn't matter, and he was able to uh, pretend that he forgot that he was black um, or that he was beyond black, and he was around um, white people who felt, (laughs) who were either allowed, you know, who were able to humor him or, you know, were able to lie to themselves as well. Um, And it was... It was really fascinating. It was what stuck out to me the most because uh, in 1968, O.J. Simpson was 21, and he was asked to um, be one of the athletes, you know, to uh, protest the Olympics while, you know, during the civil rights movement and stuff. And he said, no, I'm not black. That's not my problem. Um, I'm O.J. And that's that's almost like a, a pretty liberal post-racial... Um, dumb thing to say but like you would you would expect a high school kid or a college kid who hadn't seen much of the world to to say that with the best of intentions you know like like, like, i I don't see color like that sort of thing i don't see color yeah i mean some of my um close friends you know um used to say that to me and um i knew that that was bullshit and and also you know felt good at the time it's that you know, when I was in, you know, when I was high school and college and stuff, and then, um, you know, but it is dishonest, and it, but you know, and I've grown out of that, and you know, the my friends who said that to me, who are still my friends, they're they've grown out of that, you know, and um, you know, I'm I'm proud to be a black person, and even if I weren't proud to be a black person, I'd still be black, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, still see. <laughs> well, so, uh, it's, it's like a statement yeah. that I could see someone making maybe in the last decade. And like you said, still misguided, but in 1968, like that's insane. Yeah. almost. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got eyes, man, but you know, <laughs> and the, and the thing is, uh, I guess what I'm getting at is that like the consistency of, of that, of that, um, you know, that opinion um, and that desire throughout his whole adulthood is, I, I'm, I don't know if it's like infantile or just, or coldly genius, right? Because he, that was his thesis um, from the time he was, you know, basically still a boy. I'm not black, I'm OJ. And he, and he went to building a world in which he wasn't black, he was just OJ, you know? And it's, it's, a. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it it's a, it was brilliant, you know, in a way, even though it was um, never really had a chance. Yeah, and the conclusion of your piece basically is, I mean, it's the natural conclusion to this conversation is, you know, I, I don't think that uh, transcending race is something that OJ, you know, cooked up all, all on his own. It's something that, uh, you know, coaches and, and, and managers and, and basically the power structure around sports also kind of puts forward, more so at, at that time than today maybe, but... Uh, you know, it, it's all based on the concept that uh, that blackness is something that's inherently bad and needs to be run from, basically. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, you're. You know, you're. If you're good, you know. If you're good, you're. You're. You know, you have white tenets. Uh, uh, you know, white traits. And I mean, even when you think of like what a black, specifically a black male is, right? Um, none of those stereotypes or generalizations are particularly positive. <laughs> you know, like uh, brash, arrogant, um, weirdly strong, weirdly athletic. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, n- not that smart. Um, you know, a-, a lesser ability to feel pain um, or empathy. You know, um, uh, violent. 
um, overly sexual, you know, um, beast-like. None of these are really good, but then, you know, when you say a guy is um, articulate or or smart or really caring or stuff, you know, you, there's a white person that pops into your head, you know? Um, and that's that's by design, you know? And, and so when you say that, you know, a guy has good leadership abilities or something like that, or a guy's a hard worker... Um, you know, you, you're uh, usually talking about like a, a white a role white player or something, basically. Right. Like a depth, right. and a, that even a bench guy. Yeah, and they're saying they weren't, you know, they weren't, they didn't hit the lottery or anything like yeah. that, right? But they were still able to use their wiles and, uh, you know, and their and their spirit um, to overcome, uh, you know, their opposition's natural. Um, advantages, which is very much like uh, a man versus beast thing, right? That's like the story of of humans versus <laughs> versus animals, right? That's yeah. why we're at the top of the food chain. Like, the, um, there's not a lot of difference yeah. between that kind of narrative and basically like you know, to push it all the way to the extreme, like Hitler talking about like Jesse Owens in the Olympics, you know? Like, right, exactly, it's, exactly. It's on the um, same there's scale. No yeah, there's no difference whatsoever, and we still see that like yeah. all the time. Like, today, even. Like, in the criticism of, like, guys like Cam Newton or... Uh, P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban yeah. for, for hockey. Like, you know, we just, uh, as a country, I, I don't know how much you know about hockey, Greg, personally, given that... You're, I know none. You're American. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there have been a, a very short list of African-American players in the NHL, uh, but probably just one who is legitimately a game-changing superstar. And we just saw in the last, like, two weeks here him basically being run out of Canada uh, for the criticism that he, like, was not a team guy, that he was, like, focused too much on promoting his own brand or whatever. And that's basic, right. basically just like being a fun personality, being somebody who's a recognizable player uh, in the media spotlight, basically. Montreal traded him away, and uh, he's gone to Nashville now. And it, it, like, to me, it feels like Canada is like losing somebody who could have been uh, a massive public figure, and he still will be a great player and a great personality in Nashville. But uh, the spotlight is obviously a little smaller there. And it's difficult to talk about hockey having, like, racial problems like that because, you know, there's, there's like, no one to talk to about, like, the treatment right, yeah. of black people in the game, right? Like, you can't... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, you, I don't know shit about hockey, but that's, <laughs> you know, but that's also by design, though, right? I mean, I grew up playing soccer, and there aren't that many black Americans uh, who play soccer because they're classist sports. Yeah, they, 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 are, they are classist, basically, like... I mean, soccer is a little bit more affordable to get into, but yeah, hockey's like the most and that, expensive that would sport around. Me because soccer was really, really expensive. Uh, really? Excuse me. Oh, really? I, I was saying hockey's like the most expensive sport around to get into. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I guess I, I, I could believe that. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, soccer is is crazy, but you know, the, you don't have as many pads um, that you're, you know, that I guess you're growing out of through. Your childhood, you know, and I guess rink fees might be more than field fees, and uh, there's smaller rinks, and so you need more. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but you know, growing up in Maryland, it was soccer and and lacrosse were were very classic sports, and you know, I grew up middle class, and when I was four, my my dad asked me if I wanted to play football or soccer, and I chose soccer, um, kind of out of you know, kind of despite him, 
And, you know, <laughs> as a four-year-old, because he played football. And even then, I was an asshole, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, and th- so I kind of just stumbled into it. But, you know, uh, um, it was a coin flip. You know, I could have just been um, this washed-up football player instead of this washed-up soccer player. You know, and my, and my family were, um, they had enough, you know, money and disposable income um, to allow me to play for the best teams and stuff and, and to um, earn the ability to play in college, you know, but, uh, um, I don't know that many African-Americans who really, you know, uh, who really did that. I don't think I know a single poor black American, um, that I grew up playing with. I grew up playing with some poor African guys and stuff like that, but, uh, but poor African-Americans, you know, outside DC, not, I can't really name that many. Is is that uncomfortable for you being like the only guy on your team like that? Yeah, it was always it was never it was never um, comfortable. And you know, by the it was interesting. Like by the time you know you're twelve or thirteen, you really are starting to travel long distances to play. You know, for uh, basically all star teams, and um, so I played for you know. Uh, our, Mer- our Maryland's Olympic Development Program team. Uh, I played for DC United's youth team from the time I think I was about 11 on. Um, through high school, you know, I, I played in different suburbs around Maryland where there were people coming, you know, I drove an hour or an hour and a half to practice one way um, for most of my, my formative years. And once you get once you get people doing that, you really are... Uh, racially diverse places once you say who's the best you know uh you know who's the best who's outside of everything and so by the time i was in high school i was um generally playing on a really diverse team because dc is a really diverse area and but you know it's it's the bottom levels um you know and and it's i I guess it's, it's like the bar to entry the financial bar to entry is so high and also like everyone who plays soccer um, doesn't want to play in college, right? Or doesn't want to, you know, go out for these national teams and these regional teams. Um, some people just like it. And so when you see, like, the bottom 90% of soccer teams, you know, of rec soccer teams, they're almost all white, you know, because uh, there's nothing really to play for. There's no real reason to diversify and, and to get all the best players in one place. And that's where you really see the disparity. It's, uh, it's fascinating and, and just super yeah. sad at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, even when I was all, yeah, my friends don't see color. Maybe I don't see color and stuff. You know, you, you always sort of knew that was that was bullshit because you, you're painfully aware of being the only black guy or one of the only two black guys on on the soccer field, you know. Yeah. Never mind the team, like both teams, basically. Shit. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really know where to go from there, man. As, as, <laughs> I mean, we could we as, talk about hockey some more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, like, P.K. Subban, man, it's just, like, so sad to me because he's, like, I feel like we discriminate against athletes who have fun with the very idea of being athletes, basically. And if you're, you know, these yeah. are all kids, right? They're, like, in their early 20s for the most part making millions of dollars. Why would you not have fun with that? And there's just like a 
uh, a certain like level of boring professionalism that we demand of, of people, especially in hockey, given that it is like such a profoundly white sport. Uh, that like it, it's all kind of coded, and whenever you try to start the race conversation with PK Subban, there's a huge segment of the population who will just be like, "Oh, you're being ridiculous. It has nothing to do with that, and everything to do with, you know, him having too many giveaways or whatever." Well, but no one even wants to talk about it. Yeah, like, you just can't have a conversation in Canada, especially. And like that. you know, Quebec is, uh, especially French-speaking Quebec, not the most uh, racially friendly place to be. Uh, but not P- at all. But, <laughs> but PK was still like a huge member of that community, very actively involved in in the children's hospital, and said that he would still be involved in the children's hospital even after being traded, basically. So uh, it's it's really tough. Like it it feels like we are losing uh, a major character from our national landscape, who uh, we will hear much less from down in Nashville, and perhaps will not be uh, uh, a symbol of basically inclusion for the game that he could have been that he should have been, uh, but was kind of prevented from being by uh, a largely, uh, like, white system, essentially. Again, I don't know, I don't know shit about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, but a, it's a familiar story. Yeah, yeah, it is a familiar story. Everything you said rings true, and, and I mean, even, you know, rings true in my, my personal experience, and I've never been, um, you know, anywhere near as successful as uh, P.K. Subban. Yeah, yeah, I like. But, did they trade him for like an older, slightly worse player? They did. Uh, yeah, an older, like, slightly like, worse, kind of like a white Canadian player, like a a guy who well, embodies like grits and hitting, basically, as opposed to uh, yeah, like you know, fun. flash and flair and fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's like saying of. of well, I guess people do say, right? Like football players don't embody grit and hitting. <laughs> like, you know, and some people say fighters don't embody grit and hitting. And you know, it's, how can you? You know, it's just funny because how can you be, uh, you know, participate in those sports if you if you're not going to uh, embrace and embody grit and hitting? Exactly. You know, but whatever, whatever, whatever. I my my official stance on that is that. Um, you know, trading a young, cool, good player for an older, slightly less cool, less good player is never a good move. And, you know, I will never root for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it. Well done. God damn, I want to roll. I want to roll. <laughs> I mean, I feel as though that, right that, was, that was a pretty right safe now, guess, I think. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait, and who's in Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes. All right, yeah. So think of right, yeah. any sort of stereotype that you might have about Canadians, and it's it probably the name <laughs> of one of our hockey teams. Right, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're on point now. We're, on, we're vibing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just, it's just very difficult because, like, you, even if you wanted to do, like, an investigation of, like, uh, like systemic racism in hockey, like there's no uh, like black executives. There's no there's nobody working in like the power structure of hockey beyond just being players that you could speak to about like what is your experience. So I think that yeah, probably points to the fact that there is a race problem more than anything. If you yeah, can't even, I mean, there yeah, hockey's not for black people, right? <laughs> I mean that like that. I mean in a very designed. Uh, you know, literal way, like, you know, hockey was, you know, black people aren't introduced to hockey. They're not, a, um, you know, th- you know, it's not just, 
um, a class issue, right? It's very much a, a race issue. Um, it's not just that uh, you're poor, so you can't play, but if you're a middle-class, rich black kid, um, you can play. Because there are plenty of super athletic, middle-class black kids who will never step foot on the ice out of, you know, and will never uh, be told when hockey tryouts are and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's by design in just, the way that lacrosse and soccer and polo uh, just, are by design. Can't even afford skates, never mind the rest of the gear you might need. Well, like, but even if you can, right? I mean, there are plenty of black kids, like, who, who could, right? Yeah. But why are there still so few that um, are even playing youth hockey? You know, it... it uh, that's what that's what it is to me. Like you're, you know, it's it's the majority of players are in it, in every sport. The majority of youth players uh, can't play for shit, you know, and they're uh, and they have no future in the sport, <laughs> and like they're playing because they enjoy it, um, and because you know that's how they hang out with their friends and develop self confidence and and physical fitness and um, and that's how you know they learn about the world. They learn about other people. Um, and, you know, the, those worlds aren't open to, you know, like the, like the world of soccer is not open to um, African-Americans. And, and hockey is not open to, you know, African-Americans and, uh, and it, just about all minorities, it's right? Just, and it's just a it's, white space, basically. Yeah, and it's not even as deep as what about our national team being good or, you know, we need to develop more black pros so we can grow the sport or something like that. It's like, you know... There are people who are de- denied <laughs> sports and activities that they love as as at ten, eleven, twelve. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. And we are typically a comedy show, or like to think that we are, anyways. But well, we talked about ha! we talked <laughs> about the Durant VR this is, thing. This is just depressing as shit. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've, now I feel bad. No man, <laughs> this, this is great. This is great. It was. It was uh, awesome to have you on the show, Greg, and uh, you're welcome back at any time. So uh, don't be a stranger, and thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining us today. Unfortunately, we've got to wrap things up here. But uh, uh, Greg Howard, you can find his writing in the New York Times. And, uh, Greg, they can find you on Twitter. Probably might be the best place also. Yeah, I mean, at Greg Howard 88 I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad at Twitter. But, yeah, I'm there. um you know fire firing off these uh these takes and these hockey takes uh via tweet so yeah well Um, that's where i'm at (laughs) hopefully uh, you might be more inclined to give hockey a shot next season after this conversation so we'll see i mean it's definitely a possibility man (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) thanks so much for having me no problem greg thanks for being here thanks a lot greg all right guys bye bye well, that was awesome. That was great. That was uh, that got a little more serious than perhaps we usually do around here. Well, it's good to do that every yeah. so often. And uh, and obviously, like you know, we're two white guys in Canada. We we don't have that kind of perspective on issues like that, which no, is it's, why it's you need to, to get talk to someone who actually you know lives that. Yeah, it was very informative. And yeah, and uh, I hope to have him back soon. Yeah, I hope he comes back. Uh, it seemed like he had a good time too. And, of course, uh, we talked about the NBA there as well, so we don't really need to address Durant any further. But I, I do want to say one more thing about P.K. Subban before we move on. And, th- and that's just that, like, I know that hockey is, like, very staid and classical in what, in what it wants from its athletes. It wants, you know, an understated, boring presence like Sidney Crosby. But, like, 
to reject what Subban brings to the table, which I feel is what happens when he's excluded from, you know, Team Canada or even a trade like this, to exclude him from the highest level of the game. Like, it's insane, first of all, that he's not playing for the Canadian national team, even in a fucking mean-nothing tournament like the World Cup. That's where you would play him, if anything. Exactly. If you don't – like, because who gives a shit about the World Cup? But if we're going to be watching it on TV, I'd rather watch P.K. Subban than Jake Muzzin. But, like – even avoiding like the racial element to this, I am somebody who, in their work and what they put out into the world, this very show and all of the work I've done in broadcasting up to this point, I like to think of myself as someone who's like very personality driven. Uh, so to just see somebody like PK, who's just you know trying to be his natural self and have as much fun with the spotlight that he can possibly have, to see like personality and creativity and just like a fun-loving spirit be so like wholly rejected and beaten down is like demoralizing not just like to me as a hockey fan but to me as like a creative person yeah also and it's really depressing in a way that's like hard to articulate i hope maybe i just did a decent job of it but you uh, did no you did like i, I feel really like sour and upset <laughs> Just even thinking about it. And the we, the trade is weeks old at this point, and I'm still having, well, it, having it, Subban feelings. It was that stupid of a trade. And I'm not even a fan of the team. I can only imagine how fucking furious Habs fans must be. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like how I've been feeling for the past like three years. Yeah. But like compressed into like a minute, <laughs> which is horrifying to think about. Should we move on to some questions? Uh, Yeah, sure. Or do, yeah. We ha- do we have a clip of the week? Oh, uh, do we? Do we? I don't think we do. We kind of did, yes, but... Yes, we do, because uh, there's some big things going on in tennis at oh, the Oh, that's moment. right. Yes. Milos Raonic has advanced to the finals. Is this in Wimbledon, I believe? Is it? Yeah, yeah it's Wimbledon. Yeah. You can edit that so you yeah. sound like sure of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, P- he went to, he's going to the finals in Wimbledon. Milos Raonic has advanced to the finals in Wimbledon. You should keep the unedited part so it's like funnier. No. Yeah, I know you should. No, I'm not going no, to. No, do it. This is good podcast right here. Milos Raonic has advanced to the finals in Wimbledon. Did, beating, you, I thought it was the French Open. Beating Roger Federer <laughs> along the way. That's a huge moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Canadian tennis and for tennis in general, just to see somebody from the new guard finally knock someone off like that. Uh, because I feel like we've been waiting for this sort of thing to happen for a while. Uh, particularly with Raonic, who's obviously just so tremendously talented. Uh, but there's another. He's big, too. Eh? He's like six foot five. Yeah, he was that big. Uh, but of course, he was not the only uh, young talent at Wimbledon who was uh, making some waves. As we also uh, got a g- tremendous clip of the week from the official male tennis player of Real Good Show, Nick Curios. We haven't heard from him for a while. No, it's almost been since last summer. I feel like we let him slip off of our radar during the seasons of sports that we actually yeah. care about. And this is his post-match interview after losing to Andy Murray, I think. Yes. And he's very um, open, let's say. <laughs> about his feelings, not just on the state of his current game, but the game of tennis in general. Yeah, I mean, at, at times, like... You know, I've, I've previously said that you know, I, don't, I don't love the sport, um, but, you know, I don't really know what else to do without it. So, you know, I obviously like playing the game. Um, it's a massive part of my life, but, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really know. For one week, I'm pretty motivated to, to train and play and, 
you know, I'm really looking forward to getting out there in one week. I'll just not do anything. And I don't really know a coach out there that'd be pretty pretty down for that one. Like, to be honest, I woke up this morning and I played computer games. For instance, is that the greatest preparation? I don't know. But it was fun. <laughs> he sounds like me talking about playing high school football. Yeah, he just doesn't care. Like, yeah. he's one of the 20 best tennis players he's, in the world. He's the number 15 tennis player in the entire he's world. He's 21 years old. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. That kind of sounds like a 21-year-old. I guess so. Yeah. I love it. He's just so honest. That's oh, like I was me playing, playing. I love it. It's so sarcastic. I was playing computer games this morning. Does that sound like the best preparation to you? <laughs> That's definitely like me playing grade eight football, being like, do I want to go to practice right now or do I want to go home and play Halo? What did you did you play Halo? I mostly went home and played Halo. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's Halo. I right? skipped a lot of practices. Yeah. Because I just wasn't feeling it. But he also like is talking about it as a job the way that I would talk about like my current job working in the kitchen right now it's like I don't really enjoy it but I don't know what else to do until I find something new <laughs> you know like, except you're a professional tennis player it's great that's why he's the official male tennis player of real good show yeah, I, just, I find all sorts of things to relate to in that clip Video games? Yeah. Not trying? And the funny thing is that this is, like, such a huge news story in the world of tennis, but this is, like, the exact same thing that he said after bombing out of Wimbledon last year. He said, I don't really love the sport. I'm beginning to think he doesn't love tennis. Yeah. But he also said that he did like playing it at the same time. He switches back and forth. But that... It also sounded familiar to me because it also kind of uh, rang true of like what Kyle Wellwood said about being a pro yeah. hockey player. I and mean, he was a bit more positive about it, I think. Yeah, so. but he was also like, it's just this thing that I do and I don't really want to hear about it all the time. You know, like yeah. I'm bored of like the culture of hockey, basically. I was good at it. Yeah. And I played it. And, it, and who cares? Yeah. Um, which I was kind of like reluctant to pursue further when he was with us. Because it was kind of like... He didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he was just like needed a break before he was going to come back and then be a hockey fan again. Or if he just was never much of a hockey fan in, to begin with. I think, it's, I think it's that one. The latter. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out when he returns, hopefully, at some or point Episode in the 420. Yeah or, yeah, or 84. Right. Or 126. Yeah. Every multiple of 42. Exactly. We'll have him back. Yeah. Uh, but, but Nick Kyrgios with our clip of the week right there. And, Stefan, we will go from there into the Twitter mailbag. It's ladder time. It's ladder time. Ladder time. It, it, it's ladder time. What am I reading? Ladder time. Ladder, ladder, ladder time. You've got mail. What am I reading? Next question. Anything good in the mailbag this week? Uh, there's a lot of Harambe questions, and John's not here, so. Yeah, he can't field those. And we those, can. Though. Those are obviously all for him. Yeah, no, well, oh, right, because he, loves, he yep. loves the Harambe. I mean, the Harambe episode was his idea. It's true. So, you know. This is from Kushbaum, and he asks, how would Harambe do as an NHL goalie? Uh, he's good at stopping shots. He's enormous. <laughs> True. Yeah. It did not pass through him, I don't think. Maybe it did. Oh, my There's have. no real confirmation on that. Yeah. If there's um, an exit wound on the gorilla. How, yeah, because I, I, we have to know how big he is. Because if, even if he's just lying in front of the net, he could block I most of it. I guess at this point still. 
Yeah. If you like, like did the Millhouse thing and just tied him to the posts. Yeah, basically. I mean he would gradually decompose over the course of the season. <laughs> but for the, I think the first like twenty games, and it or would so? just stink so much <laughs> that you would be reluctant to even drive towards the net with the puck in the first place. I I could see them having trouble in the locker room with him. He could be he could be a bit of a disruption in the locker room. Just yeah. a big stinking gorilla <laughs> corpse. <laughs> Here, I can do my impression of uh, a post-game interview with Harambe. Yeah. Harambe, you played great out there tonight. Uh, what do you have to say about the game? Oh, that was it. Fascinating stuff, Stefan. Thank you so much. Harambe, named third star in tonight's contest. Uh, any other non-ape-related questions that you have there? Uh, yeah. Leon asks, which sport would be the hardest to play if the ball was replaced with a cube? I'm going to say bowling. Because the ball's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, like I could, you could still play basketball. Like they'd have to modify the nets. You could play basketball with a cube. You could play soccer with a cube. You could play hockey with a cube instead of a puck. Well, yeah. Maybe a smaller cube. Yeah, exactly. But golf the shape doesn't really change. Golf could maybe work. Putting would be interesting. Golf um, would be very difficult. The hole would have to be a bit bigger. Bowling would be the hardest, I think, because the ball is heavy to begin with. Like the long-distance drives, your first shot in golf would basically decide the outcome yeah maybe golf would it, more significantly than it does golf already. might just evolve to like whoever can get closest to this like tree yeah you know <laughs> i think it's bowling yeah no just the weight of it yeah it would like crush the like lane it just basically. wouldn't work it would just land <laughs> yeah. i would watch that actually that'd be a lot of fun oh <laughs> uh, this one comes to us from caleb duba who writes what will be the biggest upset of the Olympics, and will Harambe return to take the gold in shot put? Well, they put a shot in him. I guess that was the... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest upset of the Olympics will be that they're even happening at all, because this Olympics looks poised to be a disaster on multiple fronts. One of on the... On pretty uh, much every front. Yeah. There was a Paralympic sailor who said... Uh, when the water in like the bay there hits you in the face, it feels like you're being attacked by an alien organism. Well, that's and that's. I'm assuming when you're sailing, you get splashed. Yeah, and I I think I read something this week that there's like a 90 percent chance that if you're exposed to the ocean water there, that you will contract something terrible. It's like there's like this superbug, this yeah. antibiotic resistant superbug. Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, like, cool. The Godzilla of bacteria, yeah. basically. So if anyone's gonna, if there's gonna be an upset, it'll be the athletes being upset that uh, they're gonna die. They're gonna die, and also, like, there's no security because the police force is striking. So I don't suppose that they're gonna have like event security really either. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's, I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who make legitimate complaints about what terrible blood-sucking leeches the IOC are. Uh, and I think that there's nowhere that that's going to be on more prominent display than in a country that is already facing economic and political turmoil. Yeah. There's the also, moment. there's blood-sucking leeches in the water, too. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yes, no doubt about yeah. that. Uh, this one comes to us from Faraz. Ah, uh, the who, aforementioned who apparently sucks, yeah. according to maybe himself, possibly, or maybe another guy, who writes, is wearing a sports jersey outside of playing sports considered cosplay? 
Well, I, I don't know if, if what prompted this question. There was the video going around. He was playing sports technically, but it's the guy, kind of the chubby short guy in the pickup basketball game, dressed like entirely as Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like everything. like Right down to like the placement the socks, of the his shoes. like sweatband yeah. on his leg. And, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, he's playing sports. It's still, it's still a bit much, I think. Yeah. And, and he, he looked pretty bad too, which I think was the funny part. Um, I think if you're going, like, it has to be considered. If you're just wearing a jersey, that's not that's not possible. You have to go full out. So but, there's a picture I showed Dustin of uh, this guy at like a bank. Yes. And he's just like taking out some money, and he's dressed as Orlando Magic era Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> like head to toe. It's fantastic. The shorts. Yeah. I don't know if he had the socks. He did. He had the basketball shoes. Like it's he's full on dressed up as Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> he's just at the bank. He's just—he's at the bank. He's just doing—he's running errands. Yeah, pretty much. As Shaq. Well, you, do you think he was like coming or going from like a pickup game, or that's just the outfit that he chose for the entire day? I think you'd get changed first. <laughs> Either way, you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna wear that at a pickup game, yeah, you can just get changed at the game. Well, you're, you're embarrassing yourself already. What what does it matter if you're changing in front of people? Well, he, I think this is like the deciding factor in whether or not it constitutes cosplay. If you were manning the door on Halloween and there were kids coming and going from your home that you had to answer and face the trick-or-treaters and decide whether you wanted to give them candy or not, would you feel satisfied enough to give someone candy if they just showed up at your door wearing a sports jersey? If it's just the jersey, no. Yeah. I think you need to have at least one other item. But, so- like, even, even there – because I remember in high school, I talked about playing high school football earlier – like, Halloween, guys would be like, oh, yeah, I'm a football player for Halloween. And they'd just wear their uniform. Yeah, well, that's is bullshit. That a, is that a costume? Or no, that's not. A, so yeah. you, you need to have at least one other item. So, like, if you're going to wear a basketball jersey, have a sweatband. If you're going to wear a hockey jersey, have a helmet. Yeah. You know? Football jersey, helmet works as well. Uh, baseball, carry, like, a plastic bat or something. Right? Or they'd be like, I'm a zombie football player, which is just wearing your uniform and having, like, some shitty face makeup on. See, that, that's fine, though. But that counts? That counts. Because okay. you've, you've at least gone, like, just putting a jersey on, no, that's not cosplay. Okay. Yeah, that final. Final verdict. Final I, verdict. I agree. It's a final answer. I agree with all of your logic there. I can't find any holes in it. Uh, Andrew Cieslak asks, and this is a great question, Bantu, the new dead ape, he died on his way to having sex. Is that a sport? There's a new dead ape. It's not a sport, but yeah, Bantu the gorilla. Here's the headline. Okay. When did this happen? This today? Uh, this happened yesterday. Okay. Uh, Bantu the gorilla dies after being sedated so he could be transported to another zoo for mating. Uh, that's tragic on so many levels. He was going to get gorilla laid. And he, I guess he had an adverse reaction to the sedatives. And he, or just like stressed out being like a he was like so horny container that was. Oh, I was gonna I say he was like super like horny, them. Yeah. and the horniness was fighting the sedative. <laughs> I don't know which one won. I guess the sedative. <laughs> why? Why would he be horny? Do you think they told him when he, they were moving? <laughs> yeah, him? They did the sign. They did sign we're, language. We're gonna get you laid, buddy. Yeah. And he was so fucking. Gorillas understand up. sign. You could get Coco horny. Yeah, I guess so. You know Coco with a gorilla. Yeah, she was like Robin Williams' friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could get her horny. <laughs> Not like you personally, if you wanted to. Well, Robin Williams probably could because well, he was like hairy enough. Did you see they like told Coco that Robin Williams died? Yeah. It's like, why would you tell the gorilla <laughs> that? 
Oh, let's go make the gorilla really sad. Yeah, it's like the videos of like... Just have him never show up again. It's, it's like filming your kid, telling your kid that like Kevin Durant doesn't play for the yeah, Thunder exactly. anymore. Yeah. It's the same as that. Why do you need to... telling the... Oh, aid. the gorilla's sad because its friend died. Like, I don't need to know that. This isn't science. Yeah. No, it's like kind of cool that like the ape understands the concept of loss and death like that. It's also really depressing. Also I don't like, need to know that. I, I want to know, can you that. make the ape horny? Yeah, you're a fucking asshole scientist. Can, can, you, can you horn up the ape? <laughs> now, I don't know if uh, Bantu knew sign language. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say in the article here. Uh, we can try and find out. We don't know as much about Bantu yet as we do about Harambe. No. Though I guess we don't really know a lot about Harambe either. No, everything I say about Harambe I made up. <laughs> Pretty much. And the same goes for Bantu. Bantu but Bantu, Bantu did Bantu, die of horniness. Not quite as fun of a name to say. So, I mean, it, it's fun. It's not, yeah, no, it's not Harambe. Yeah. Bantu. Bantu. Two syllables, ends in an oo. I mean, it's not the worst gorilla name in the world. Yeah. I think it's better than Coco. Probably. Because Coco, that's not really a gorilla name. That's a, that's a name of a drink. <laughs> it is, indeed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um... It's sad that the gorilla was so horny that it uh, Is it a passed sport, away. though? Uh, it's not a sport, no. Unless you're, like, competing to see who can get the gorilla the horniest. Competitive gorilla horniness? Oh, That's sport. That should be at the Olympics. Really? Should, should it? Well, if are they going to broadcast people, that on TV? If people are going to die at the Olympics anyways, I'd rather the death be, like, a horny gorilla. Personally... Justin, I don't want to see people finger blasting a gorilla, but that's your. Uh... That's. I thought they were going to be like introduce concepts to it, like it would, it would be more of a mental thing than just actually physically touching. Because uh, that this is, I think we need to come up with some rules here. I don't think you can touch the gorilla. That's like the the number one rule. Touching is not a part so of it's the like, equation. It's just mental stimulation. Exactly. You show it uh, like a gorilla's ass. <laughs> Picture of a gorilla's <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So you could okay. So pictures are allowed. Yes, yeah. It's just like t- sign the gorilla like chained up and like showing it things. <laughs> it's like bear baiting. <laughs> it's gorilla baiting. In a, in a yeah, in, in its own way. Yes. <laughs> uh, Marlon Phillips at Marlon the Man asks, "I'm coming to Vancouver for the tragically hip at the end of July." Can I please stay with you guys? I'll bring malarkey also. Um, I don't think you can stay with me. I um, don't really have much room at the at the new place, Yeah, unfortunately. Um, you can I, stay with John for There's sure, still like though. a leak in the roof of my place right now, so you might not want to stay with me anyways. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a carbon monoxide leak here. I should have told you that before <laughs> we, we recorded here. Well, that's why I've been so giggly yeah. and short on breath the entire time we've been here. Uh, you can stay with John, though. But uh, John's not here to say no. He wouldn't anyway. If you have money to afford tragically hip tickets in this economy, you can probably pay to put yourself up in a pretty swank joint also. Yeah, like John's place. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just pay me and Justin. We'll make sure he gets the money. Final question comes to us from occasional intern Aaron Mackay, who asks, did Taehoon Kim sleep with Willie Desjardins while he was at prospect camp? Which he did not, but... It was a great selfie he took, He though. took an unbelievable selfie. Like, maybe my favorite photo that I've seen this year. And just, it perfectly encapsulates, like, the vacant, hollowed-out look that Willie Desjardins always has on his face 
as uh, he doesn't seem particularly happy to be taking this photo with. He David. doesn't seem unhappy. He though. doesn't seem sad either. I don't he, think he knew there was a picture being taken. <laughs> he doesn't. was just like, hey, look at this phone. The lights are on, but no one's home, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that'll do it for the Twitter mailbag. We will go into everybody's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch. The cherry on top of our cynical Sunday where we pick the things we like from the world at large. One good thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Stefan, what do you like this week? I'm going to go with a headline I just saw right now. It's not Bantu the Gorilla. We've okay. been over that. Okay. Uh, Wyoming teen playing new Pokemon game on phone discovers dead body in river. <laughs> I hope there was like a Magikarp dancing. Well, yeah, there's no picture, unfortunately. Um, have I told? Have I talked about that my brother I'm, found a dead body once? No, I've never mentioned this on the show before. No, let's let's hear it. There was like a, a hiker who went missing on Grouse Mountain in Vancouver. Yeah, and my brother was like hiking, and they like went well into the trails and like you know a kind of out of the way area, and they like just looked over into the creek bed, and there was a guy who was like pinned under a rock. Who was dead. Okay, that's terrible. Yeah, and he screamed for like 15 minutes straight before they ran back into cell service and called 911. Yeah, that's okay. Because well, that's like the part that always gets left out of the beginning of the like line. It's what, what it's like when you find it. Yeah, they cut away as soon as the body is found. They yeah. never show like the guy screaming for 15 minutes uh, afterwards. I don't think it would make for a very good episode. I think it would be very compelling TV to see a dock worker yelling for like 10 minutes straight or at least until like the first commercial break. <laughs> we move on too quickly from the body discovery in most Law & Orders, I find. Yeah, I, I disagree. But, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from this article. You've got the training on how to write scripts properly, so I should probably listen to you on this one. So uh, the teen found the body, and here's a quote from her. The Pokemon, well, she says the Pokemons are all over Riverton. I was trying to get a Pokemon from a natural water resource. <laughs> I was walking towards the bridge along the shore when I saw something in the water. I had to take a second look, and I realized it was a body. Um, this is like a news story, and they use the word butt to describe the guy's butt. <laughs> I don't know. Like, this isn't a quote from her. It says, she saw a black shirt and black pants. All of the body was reportedly submerged except for part of his back and butt. Does that seem like professional to you from like a journalist part standpoint? Part of his back and, and butt. butt. No. Because even like in sports. Just say part of his when back. I, when I talk about like somebody like getting planted on their ass. Yeah. I like might occasionally say bottom, but usually uh, I'll just say like landed on his wallet or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just find another way to say that, I guess. No, that's my one good thing, I guess. That they talked about his butt. Yeah. He's a dead guy, too. Yeah. Talking about a dead guy's ass. It's a little weird. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, well, I'm going to recommend a film, because of course I did. Okay. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> uh, the Heat is on Netflix right now, and that is... Uh, Al Pacino? <laughs> no. The Heat with Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock. It's the same creative oh, team. The Heat. Who are making the Lady Ghostbusters yep. movie that comes out, I think, next week. 
Uh, and I would say to anybody who is like not looking forward to this new Ghostbusters movie, well, first of all, I've heard from like anybody who's seen an advanced screening of it that it's amazing. Uh, and if you had any trepidation about it or didn't think that the trailers were funny, watch The Heat. It is so outstandingly hilarious. Written by Katie Dippold, directed by Paul Feig, and like so absurd like i i have seen it, it so it much funny. more absurd than you would expect that kind of movie to be like the <laughs> level of humor was on another plane basically from what i went in expecting it's very very funny and uh yeah the there's so many hilarious people in it the guy who played biff tannen in the back to the future movies is the police chief in that movie yeah he's so funny in that movie chris gethard has a hilarious cameo, which is eventually credited as himself in the end credits, which itself is like a hilarious conceptual joke that he's credited as himself. Um, yeah, it's just so great. And if, if you want to get excited about this new Ghostbusters movie, there's no better way to do that than watching The Heat. Spy's really good, too. Which is currently available on Netflix Canada. Yeah. And with that... That will do it for this week's episode. Uh, want to thank Greg Howard for coming on the show one last time. What a treat that was. Thanks, Greg. And if you want to find us online, at Real Good Show on Twitter, www.realgoodshow.com. Support us on Patreon, of course, if you enjoyed the program. I'm Justin Morris at Stefan Heck. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Bantu. Harambe. Oh, fuck. I thought we were going to do John on. was going to say something about a gorilla for sure. Yeah. He loves uh, gorillas. Well, I thought I would join because there's no John. Right. Yeah. He could have said Coco. We could have had the, the, the holy trinity of gorillas. <laughs> Coco's not dead. Yet. You just threatened to kill Coco. <laughs> we got to wrap some Pokemon. You just do the singing. I'll take care of the hard part. Let's get it on. I want to be. Than ever was to beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro, Dinklet, Nidoran, Mankey, Venusaur, Tata, Fero, Pidgey, Sheep King, Jolteon, Dragonite, Gasly, Pony Tom, Vaporeon, Folly, Wrath, Butterfree. Catch him, catch him, gotta catch him all. To be honest, I woke up this morning and I played computer games. For instance, is that the greatest preparation? I don't know, but it was fun.